Right. Hello, and welcome back to the Technically F1 podcast. And as promised, we've got a new season, and we have a guest. Tamika, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Tamika. I used to be Jack's nanny years ago, <laughs> and uh, I'm a I'm an F1 fan, aficionado just yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah. So thank great. you for having me, guys. No problem. All right, uh, Shaw. Uh, shall we start in the race? Yeah. That sounds good. All right. Uh, yeah, so the first part was interesting. So yeah. Um, it, with Perez sort of like stopping on the middle of the track and then um, mm-hmm. restarting again. And Mazepin. Oh my. In. Yeah, yeah. Race start, I gotta say, I was pretty worried for the race start. I'm not a huge Red Bull fan, but also on the other hand, you know, like, I... I'd be excited for them to win a couple races. So with Max on the starting grid, I was a little bit worried that he was going to mess up the start, but you know. Yeah, but he yeah. did it. I'm impressed with him. Absolutely. He was able to take over. I know. I, I was really surprised. Um, that was really defend. And I was nervous for Hamilton. Yeah. Excuse me? He was able to defend the last lap, too. I know. That yeah. That was pretty cool. I was I was nervous for Hamilton at first. I know Max, he has, um, I feel like he has it out for Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he really does. I thought, well, he's going to come back hungrier, you know, hungry this year um, than maybe the years before. I had read somewhere, too, that Max has kind of um, taken after Hamilton, where after each race, win or lose, he goes back and he reviews the videos so he can improve later on um, in the next race. That's something that Hamilton's known yeah. to do. And I I read Max is starting to do the exact same thing. To, I know, mean... To get into Hamilton. <laughs> it's a trait of some of the best. I'd heard that Schumacher had done something similar as well. So, yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah. in good company with the people who do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, really. Really. And speaking uh, of Schumacher, so what, um, mm-hmm. the, this race was interesting for Schumacher, too. Mitch, yeah, Mick Schumacher. Yeah, it was really... 16th. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, the Haas is not competitive, shall we say. Or not as competitive as I thought it would be. Yeah, but on the other hand, fighting his way back from a spin early in the race, and he did overtake some drivers on track. You know, n- not terrible. That's the way we have to look at it. I think. Yes, I I think I was impressed even with McLaren this year. You know, I was just had this conversation with one of my with my uncle, who's a, like a F one right, fan yeah. from years ago, and I was mentioning that you know it seems like on a lot of other races with last year's races and the years before with McLaren, they're kind of further down yeah. the line, yeah. you know, within places. And they did a great job this race. I mean, maybe there's some things that we're going to, that we'll see from them this yeah, season. Especially Lando. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was really surprising. I thought it would be Daniel up ahead, but no. Yeah, really Daniel interesting with that. No. I know. Yeah. And Bottas's pit stop was horrible. So I can't believe he beat Lando. Oh, That was gosh. a 10 second one, right? Yeah. That, that was hard to I watch. Know. That was a hard one to watch. Um, I, I'm sure those the guys in the pit probably had a great talking to. Yeah, about that one. That was that was a few seconds too long. That didn't, that was way too long. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a cursed track for Mercedes's pit stops because they had the big error at the secure Grand Prix with George Russell. Yeah, that was so bad for him too. Yeah, like, that was George a painful one. One chance. I know. Everybody wanted him to succeed. Yeah, you. Know, I like Botas, but I, I I don't know if anyone else ever feels this about him. 
he could be in first or second place, but somehow, I don't know if it's his nerves that get the best of him, he just starts making mistakes along the way. And then he's got unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. You know, when he has, some- I like him. He's a great racer, but I just feel like his nerves get the best of him. I- I'm not quite sure. I-, I don't know what it is, but that's my suspect. I suspect yeah. that. Yeah, he's definitely a great driver. Um, he-, he sometimes beats Lewis in like for pole position. Yeah, his yeah. qualifying really surprised me last year. I think he definitely took that to the next level, which, I mean, that, that's a big step for him. Now he just needs to focus on the races if he wants to be closer. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So which race, are, or if you guys may asking, which race are you looking forward to this year? Oof. When they go back to Italy, you know. I mean, Rashad, you, you go first here, but I think I know which one I'm really excited for. I'm a bit excited for the new one, Jetta. Um, yes. It must be extremely fast. Oh, oh, and you know what? You know who does well on the fast tracks, though. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He is Unfortunately. a. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm a Hamilton fan. I mean, he just. I, I like yeah. the way he drives. He brings excitement. I mean, they all bring some sort of excitement to the race. Hamilton, to me, just brings that excitement. Hamilton just um, always wins. Exactly. Yeah, but you know that's what he's there yeah. to do. It's a I mean, I would be really surprised. I think he'll acclimate well to the new track in Jeddah, like Rachel yeah. was saying, because yes. it is a pretty flowy, high speed track. I think he would like that. Yeah, and there's not much overtaking, yeah, yeah. so it'll be easier for him to defend. Which that's a good point, though. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just yeah. I I think I'm excited for um. I like when he races in yes. Italy. Yeah. Um, it's a great track. I'm curious. Is anyone curious to see what Ferrari's going to do this yeah. year? Yeah, I was <laughs> really confused by what they were doing in testing this year because they looked really slow, like every time mm-hmm. you know testing everywhere. And then in the race, they were suddenly able to pull in what was it, Rashad, like sixth place for Leclerc, something uh-huh. close to that. Yeah. Leclerc did a great, did yeah, a great drive. Um, definitely um, and then um carlos was eighth i mean for the car that they have or for the car that they look like they have i would think that's pretty impressive you know yeah Yeah. but ferrari's like you know it's the name ferrari you think they'd be right up there with mercedes and red bull yeah you know years past absolutely clearly um but just think it'd be a little bit just right there the one two three yeah yeah we'll see i mean First race, we'll see yeah, what happens. The people that have been there for the longest. They've been there forever. They basically yeah. started the sport. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very true. Yeah. You know, um, a name that a lot of people weren't talking about as much during the race, at least, was Aston Martin. Because, you know, you had Lance Stroll sort of floundering at the end of the points. Right. But Sebastian Vettel had a shocker of a race. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> And I'll let you guys stand back on this one. I'll stand back. You guys continue. Like, I missed yeah. the race um, due to COVID. My COVID shot so it made me fall yeah. asleep. So please count that. Rashad, uh, what were your thoughts on his race? I mean, Vettel's race, I think, was like, it was interesting to say at least again. But, uh, like, he kind of, didn't he hit the other guy? Really? He hit Ocon. And I yeah. think the penalty they... Right put on him was a little bit harsh it was 10 seconds yeah that's like Bottas's pit stop I mean that is the the largest penalty they can give other than a disqualification for a race 
I mean, feel like you for life, but well, that, that's true. But I mean, obviously, you know, hitting somebody in a breaking zone is not going to be a life ban. But um, in the moment, I think that felt pretty harsh. I would like to see the Aston Martins do something more than what they're doing right now, which is sort of, you know, late end of the points. But on the other hand, um, their team principal, Otmar Safnauer, was coming on, you know, the race broadcast at one point, and he was complaining, oh, uh, the regulations have taken away all of our downforce, and we run a very stiff car, so it doesn't work around the track. But I am not sure if that's really what's happened here, because last year, if we cast our minds back to last year, they were uh-huh. in podium contention when Perez's engine blew out at the normal race, and then... At the Secure Grand Prix, Sergio Perez won. I think their car probably works through here. They may just have some setup troubles. Rashad, yeah. what do you yeah. think? Yeah, they definitely have some sort of problem, considering they only got one point at the race. Yeah. And um, to be fair, that team is just like, they don't have a great history. I mean, in their Jordan days, they're all right. Yeah, but, you know, but like, a- after that. Like, Racing Point Force India, they weren't really winning races. No. I mean, they, 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 they do win they, some races, but... They um, could steal a podium here or there. That was their main thing. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys' feeling overall with watching the first the first race? How do you think the season's going to, you know, what the season will look like? The rookies look promising. I know. Yeah, I was really surprised by Sunoda. Yeah, uh, he did really well. Like, I mean, he got ninth, but it's yeah. still good for a rookie. It's still good for yeah. a rookie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I was definitely skeptical when, you know, he won all of the end of season awards with Formula 2 last year. I am no longer skeptical. He is without a doubt very promising at this point. Yeah, he's more brag at this point. He seems like a George Russell almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a good prospect for um, Alpha Tauri, but what that does do, which is detrimental to George Russell, is it suddenly takes the need um, for George Russell considerably way far out of the um, Red Bull Alpha Tauri area because they now have somebody like Yuki Tsunoda who is very young and clearly very talented. Yeah. I mean, they either do well or they turn out like Bottas. Yes. Bottas did do well, but he's just... He's just struggling a shadow, bit. pretty much. You know, I wonder with Botez, having a teammate such as like Hamilton or racing with Verstappen, I, I wonder what what would help him. Yeah. You know, would it be if would it be if Hamilton if Hamilton were to leave Mercedes, which we can get on that later, because I truly I have I think Jack, I may have mentioned this to you. Oh before. yes, we need to I talk have about my this. suspicion Me too. on what will happen. But I kind of feel that Botez not having a heavyweight like Hamilton on his team, he may do better. Maybe it'll help him relax more. Maybe he'll get a little bit more. I don't, I don't know. I like the guy. I really like him. Um, but I just feel like he's, yeah. I mean, from what I've heard, there's only been one driver who can convincingly or has convincingly okay. beaten Lewis Hamilton, which was um, Nico Rosberg in 2016. Yes. yes. But, but even then, there was some question of, you know, Lewis had bad luck, obviously, the engine troubles later in the season and the crashes earlier in the season. Right. So, I mean, and, you know, he he was playing mind games. Uh, he had been taught the mind games by Michael Schumacher, who was notorious for them. Yes, so exactly. is, is that what Bottas needs to do? Does he need to start acting a little bit more like Nico Rosberg to try to get into Hamilton's? I mean, I can't uh. imagine 
how else you could do it? Good question. But I think Hamilton, you know, after dealing with Rosberg, and yeah. that's when I really started watching F1. You know, the years with Rosberg and Hamilton, you know, going at it. Yeah. I think he's learned his lessons from that. You know, I think he's, you know, he's this now Jedi master, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and he can outthink what you're doing before, you know, you actually, before they execute. Um, I don't know. I, I almost just feel like, you know, he needs to it, it just get some more, stay in first place. <laughs> just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> don't get so, I mean, he's definitely won his races and all, but. Yeah, don't get so nervous. Do not, no, just stay there. Stay focused. Stay focused. Yeah, I felt like it was, for at least Hamilton, I felt like he was not really the normal Hamilton that we were seeing, like, in preseason testing. He almost mm-hmm. felt like he was worried. Because, you know, you didn't see him in many TV interviews. I don't know if that was intentional by Mercedes or something. But it didn't <laughs> feel like him. I didn't see him in one single TV interview except for the one that F1 requires, you know, You know, but I I also wonder, though, how much of that is F1? Yeah. He's close to beating, you know, to becoming, setting a new world record. Absolutely. And are they trying to, like, you know, let's focus on you people. And we'll just, you know, let's not get so hyped with Hamilton because he's going to break a great a world record. I wonder how much of it is, could be Mercedes, but how much is it of it is actually F1 themselves? Yeah. Just really want to focus because he does get a lot of. TV time, air time. He's popular. Yes. I follow him on Instagram. He's you know, popular there on Instagram. Um, yeah. So I wonder if that, a lot of that is just let's focus on other teams. Some good stuff happening. And, you know, we'll get to Hamilton when we get to him. I, yeah. Curious. I'm curious to see that. Now, I want to quickly mention something about like early this season, or at least the first race. For me, it Reminded me almost of 2010. Now, I actually wasn't watching F1 in 2010, but I have yeah, read the book agree. of Adrian Newey, who uh, uh-huh. designed the Red Bull car in 2010. And he was, you know, explaining in the book um, how they were having early season troubles. Uh, and it actually was very similar to this season. Not only was the first race that season in Bahrain, but yeah. it also was um, Red Bull who had the a qualifying advantage at least um, but they were sort of hamstrung by reliability and tires as the race went on and they ended up not winning the race even though they started on pole and a team that looked as though uh, they wouldn't be in contention for the win in 2010 Ferrari and in this year Mercedes uh, yes. ended up winning it so I mean if we get anything close to 2010 in terms of you know like as seasons go like this could be a really good season yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm I'm excited. I mean, by the third race, I think will definitely t- tell us too what yeah, was, what's going to happen at the end of the race. I I'm excited for this race. I mean, just you know, well, I'm curious to see what Hamilton signed one more year with Mercedes. I wonder what's going to happen after this year. You know, his contract is for a year. Yeah. So yeah. What will happen with Mercedes, and who will take Hamilton's spot if he chooses not to come back? Like and I, George. I mean, yeah. I think George, yeah. I have to agree with you on that. He'd be the next one. He's a young guy. and Yeah, definitely. He, you know, has a future ahead of him. Uh, yeah, and, you know, uh, what was I going to say? Well, actually, we were texting each other, Tamika, and we were saying um, uh, yes. what we were, or what where we sort of foresaw Hamilton going. And we ended up uh, talking about Volkswagen and Audi, you know, yeah. sort of entering F1. And Rashab and I have mentioned this on the podcast. 
before. Well, excuse me, isn't is Portia even thinking about it as well? Well, I mean, how? I mean, yeah. So the there was originally a motorsport, a gasoline motorsport ban that uh, because of Dieselgate that yeah. Volkswagen had put on every single aspect of the company. Yeah. Then uh, recently, very recently, that was completely lifted. So now Volks uh, or not Volkswagen, Porsche and Audi should be competing very soon together in LMDH, which is sort of like okay. a Le Mans series. But what that also does is that allows them to compete in F1, where supposedly Porsche does have an engine that is fully built. Okay. Yes, and uh, what will be interesting there is Porsche. I mean, Porsches are very good street cars. They seem to optimize the engine. Yeah. Like, and uh, Audis, uh, like the R8 is like the perfect car on paper. Yeah. On yeah. yeah. And so, if they combine that, then I think they can do well. Yeah. I, then it just brings the question, who will drive for them? Absolutely. Who <laughs> will drive for them? Um, I mean, I yeah. think there was... There are definitely young drivers who would love to drive for a team like that. Yes. Um, and I think there would probably even be some drivers that are racing for Porsche right now who would be considered for that race seat. Because, you know... I mean, yeah, endurance yeah, drivers. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. There are some very yeah. good drivers in Formula E right now who maybe, because of circumstance, can't be in F1. Maybe a driver like that within Porsche's lineup would be allowed into the team. That would be really interesting. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Or someone a little bit more experienced, too. I mean, yeah. I think with that, they can definitely tell Porsche. Someone with, ex- with a little bit older with more experience can tell Porsche or whichever team, Audi, Volkswagen, where, where they need to improve. Yeah. Because they've given certain cars and they know. Um, that's just a... I mean, I would, I'm all, I'm, I would like to propose, like, a Kimi Raikkonen or a Nick Heidfeld, somebody who's got a lot go. of experience in racing overall, to do mm-hmm. something like that. But then again, Lewis Alonso. Hamilton with Alonso. Yeah, as somebody with a yeah. lot of experience would be Even really Perez. helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's been yeah. around F1 for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, someone with a lot, lot of experience who could really help them. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe Vettel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe it, after a couple of years, even Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ricardo. Yeah. Um, And speaking of Alonzo, uh, Tamika and Rashav, what do you think about his uh, return to F1? Are you Alonzo fans? Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, and he's he's an older driver. Yeah. So to me, I think that's, that in itself is incredible, and it makes it exciting. Yeah. And to see what he can bring to the table, you know, even at his – Older age. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, be, it's going to be fun to see him race. Yeah. It will be fun, yeah. Rashab, um, go ahead, go ahead. Hey, the thing is, um, he is also getting older, and he has, he's completed, didn't he complete everything he wanted to do, like IndyCar, Rally, and F1? I mean, yes, he, he did say he has now driven every single racing car that he would want to drive. So if right. he doesn't win this season, or not this season, if he doesn't win a good amount of races, I think it's going to be disappointing for the fans. Yes. Yeah, very much. But And maybe it's just him. You know, I think after you have accomplished so much, it's fun just to come back and give it one more shot. Exactly. <laughs> you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose at this point. Well, he truly does um, have nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, you know, just go have some fun, I guess. But the fans are expecting a lot of yeah. him. If he's going to come back, they expect, yeah. I think in Bahrain, he was either 
overperforming with the car or Ocon was really underperforming because it, it could definitely be that because Alonso looked like he was on almost a different level to Ocon during yeah. that. I mean, what was I think Ocon was eliminated in Q1 for qualifying. And I mean, that is not a place you would expect uh, Alpine to be, you know, leaving the qualifying at. You'd expect Q2 at least. Yeah. Yeah. And who? Oh, so, I'm sorry. I just have a. Lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. No, go ahead. <laughs> Never mind. No, I can't remember oh, my right. question. <laughs> if we talk about old age, I guess that's me in there now. Um, <laughs> we're getting things. <laughs> All right, I've got a quick question then. Um, as a Williams fan, I don't know if uh, it's Mika Rashad. Well, Rashad, you're not really a huge Williams fan, but yeah, they're Russell fan. Yeah, their their return race was not terrible, considering. They said these conditions were the worst that they would ever go up against for at least their car and the way it's designed. So it's not actually all that bad. And I think they could get some points this year. I mean, obviously, the hope is wins in the future. But, you know, not anything, you know, not terrible. Yeah, they're not really in a place to win races, but they definitely can do well. They can get points or something like that. Yeah, I mean, anyways, I, I, you know, I was hearing that, um, uh, the car is wind sensitive, and you know, with all the wind at the Bahrain Grand Prix, um, uh, you know, obviously that would be a sensitive time for the car. But on the other hand, you know, overall not terrible. George Russell, what was it, fourteenth or shop, something like that? Uh, George, George Russell. They had it pulled up right there. Actually, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, fourteenth. Fourteenth. Okay, and. You know, first race back, early season, they tend to struggle then. I think it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. The one sad thing is Ocon is 13th. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, he, he did get really punted by um Vettel. I mean, that was a huge spin. I'm curious what's going to happen with Vettel this year. Yeah. It seems like he just, like, I just can't catch a break. Yeah. <laughs> A like bad season Barber. at Ferrari. Oh, oh! Did anybody, um, Rashad and I notice it? But um, in Aston Martin's first video with Sebastian Vettel, he had this sort of moon shape cut into his head. It was a clown. One of the most odd haircuts I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, maybe it's good, maybe it's a good luck haircut. You know, we think it's awful, but for him, it's looking good. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks similar to 2009 Vettel hair, so maybe he's trying to. Bring back the good old days. Yeah, yeah, he's trying, yeah, he's trying to channel <laughs> the good old days. It looks like old, um, old Hamilton's hair. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, where Hamilton had very short hair then. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. hair implants after that. Ashley and Martin <laughs> medical hair care. Rashad, that's what you've been calling that car. You've been calling it the Ashley and Martin medical hair care. That's what the Aston Martin has <laughs> yeah. been. Yeah. I was thinking it looks something. Yeah. She's going to look something up. Oh, you guys continue. I have something on okay. the list, but I'm looking that up. Cool. <laughs> um, Rashab, so, uh, we were talking earlier on about races we're excited about. Would you be at, uh, excited for Imola this year? Or would you prefer <gasps> a different race to be in its place? Imola was excited last year. Yeah. It was yeah, exciting. It's definitely interesting. an interesting race. The one race I would have instead would be Nürburgring. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I mean, that was one of those races where they said 
oh, it's going to be a very bad race because it's impossible to overtake there with, you know, all uh, the things that were set up around it. I didn't think so. I think it was nice. It was dramatic at times. You know, the cars looked very good driving around it. I mean, these modern cars have so much downforce that it's um, they can sort of take most corners these days flat out except for very low speed corners. So I think it was still dramatic and very cool race nonetheless. I remember that one. And, you know, but the, if I'm correct, the Nürburgring ring hadn't been used in a long time for F1. Yeah. Correct. yeah. So, I think I mean, it was like 10 years. years. And that's legendary in itself. Like, they're back. Yeah. I mean, let's use, this, let's use it. It's sitting here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, if, Rashab, would you be excited for, like, a full Nürburgring race around the Nordschleife? Like, the full, you know, like, the, the full 20 miles or something. Yeah, the full 12 miles. Like, that would be amazing. The safety, not so good. But on the other hand, the fact that Grosjean walked away from that fiery uh, inferno of an accident, I think, proves that the cars are pretty safe. Yeah, that was so, an accident. I remember yeah. that. Crazy. That yeah, was now he's back. He's back in business in IndyCar or something. Yeah. What oh. are your thoughts on his IndyCar career? Has he done a race yet? I'm not sure. When does the IndyCar season start? It could already. I think the NASCAR season is probably already started because I've been seeing ads for this dirt race at Bristol, um, which is uh, going to be it, interesting because, you know, NASCAR spinning across a dirt track and smashing into each other. Do you guys watch that much NASCAR at all? No, um, no. Maybe like a crash compilation once in a while. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm not a NASCAR fan. And I'm no, sure not really. Many people will be upset, but I'm just, it, I like F1 because there's a lot of excitement. And the yeah, cars exactly. are beautiful. And I, I, I don't, I, it's, I was telling my uncle one day, I said, it looks like it's always telling a story. They go off to these great exotic places and, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of excitement with F1 versus I find with NASCAR. And I, you know, have tried to watch NASCAR because I should give everything a shot one, at least one time. Um, I lasted probably about five minutes and I was bored. So Yeah. I mean, it's just circles, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, I just... Okay, yeah, wait, but... the season starts on April 18th. Oh, so Alabama. that's actually coming up. It's coming up, yeah. All right. So, I mean, for the IndyCar fans, then this could be a big thing, because, you know, an F1 guy coming to IndyCar, it's been a while since that happened, I so... Mean, didn't Alonso just leave IndyCar? Yes, but on the other hand, he left F1 in 2018, so it was not, like, directly going from one to the other. Actually, no, it was, because he went to IndyCar to do a race in 2017. Mm. Yeah. He'll be in Portland. Grosjean will be in Portland soon. Oh, really? I mean, Interesting. Not soon, but, like, this year it should be. Yeah, soon enough. Cool. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I also lost my... 12th is Portland Grand Prix. Yeah. Oh, now I remember. Mugello. Rashad, would you be excited if there was another race at Mugello this year? Because I feel like that was an amazing track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't that where, uh, what's his name one? Um, no, that was Monza. But yeah. um, at Mugello, Albon had got his first podium. So that was cool yeah, as well. I mean, Albon's gone. Every Red Bull driver <laughs> second driver is gone. Don't say that. It's only been <laughs> Kibby, Albon, oh, Mark Webber, oh, yeah, this doesn't look great. Daniel Ricciardo, that's, that's a lot of them. That's, that's a lot. lot. I mean, 
Max is still there. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, a once in a generation talent is enough. That's all Red Bull expects. (laughs) Exactly. The second driver must be a once in a generation talent, I guess, too. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think Perez, Verstappen and Perez will do together as teammates? They're both extremely competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious, like, you know, Verstappen is known for his hot head. And yeah. if he has someone on his team who's really going to challenge him, how will he do with that? And when, I mean, you know. what I said pre-podcast before you joined Tamika was um, it did not make Rashab happy. But I feel like Verstappen probably will get team orders in his favor here because, yes. you know, if they're trying to win the championship here, they don't want to repeat a 2010 where they – squander race victories and um b- because of drama within the team because you know if, when mercedes hits their stride they probably will be close to unstoppable so yeah. th- they have to capitalize on early victories you know i was curious with you guys and i've had this conversation with my uncle before um actually just earlier today my uncle and i had this conversation about racer of the day do you often feel that people get it wrong oh is it more of a popularity contest is it, you know, what do you guys thought? I mean, should they just do away with Racer of the Day? Or, you know. Mm, Rashab, you go first. I have my opinion on it, but uh, you go first, Rashab. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's usually just based in popularity. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So I it mean. It really doesn't matter that much. You know who's popular. I, I would say if it was. I'm not sure if it is fully based on popularity, because, you know, if you look at drivers that have the biggest fan base, let's theorize here. Lewis has a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimmy has a huge fan base. And um, Max has a huge fan base. But I don't. they're not winning driver of the day every single race, although sometimes they will be for long stretches. I think that when it's honest and when it's genuine, like, um, you know, people are winning or drivers are winning it because, you know, they had an excellent race. Right. Like Hulkenberg at the Nürburgring when, you know, he went from P20 to like P10. Like that was an incredible race. But, um, you know, if it's Hamilton uh, or Verstappen getting it because they had a lights to flag victory with no competition at all, like that's not driver of the day worthy. Not at all. But if I'm correct, though, when Hamilton won uh, in the 2020, the, the British Grand Prix with yeah. the blown tire, if I'm correct, I don't think he actually got, received driver of the day. And that was a pretty spectacular moment there. And the blown tire, he was still able yeah, to Yeah, I do agree. I, I feel like that mm-hmm. was definitely a performance deserving of the driver of the day. Yes. But the thing about it, which does make me happy that if one hasn't gone down this route, is the fact that it doesn't award any points. Because if it awarded points, like one or two points, that would really sway the championship in anybody's yeah. favor. Like, that would be insanity. Like, yeah, all right. Yeah. That right there, yeah. No. Like, I that think, would be- in the fans' hands suddenly. Like, oh, the fans choose who wins the championship if it's a tight battle. Like, that is crazy. You can't do that. And that's when that big popularity test comes in. Yeah. I feel like that's where Formula E has gone wrong with the sort of gimmicky things. Like, now, you know, you have fan boost in Formula E, which is an electrical power boost, which gives you, like, 30 extra horsepower. And you have um, uh, some other fan-based things, which essentially lets the popular drivers get extra horsepower, which I think right. is not right. Hmm. I mean, do they all allow the driver of the day because it's Sergio Perez? Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, I mean, and he deserved excellent. it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But there's just those times he's like, well, how was this person driver of the day? <laughs> I just don't get it. I'm not getting it. Yeah. But we can be totally honest with ourselves here. Nikita Maspin is never going to get the driver of the day award. <laughs> Unless he wins the race. And so it doesn't matter. There you go. <laughs> I mean, F1 really doesn't care what he did. It's only the fans who cares. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Like he, he probably, I mean, he probably could be prosecuted if he didn't have that much money. Yeah, it's true. Or the fact that he's Vladimir Putin's um, friend. That, oh, like, that's that helps too. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that whole, you know, how he got into this ra- into racing. And the Russian mobile. The Russian, yeah, and it's kind of one of those, I had a conversation with someone one day, and they said to me, well, you know, F1 just allows, you know, if you're rich, you can, you could just get into F1 and race. And I'm like, well, if you're going to say that about F1, you can say that about, uh, what's it? It's the, the motor, the motor, the racing. Yeah. Motorcycle racing. Absolutely. What are, yeah. Motor there's the, the big one. That's like, I, oh, I can't think of what it's called. Motor GP, um, I think. Motor GP. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one. it's, it's the F1 to motorcycle, the motorcycle yeah. racing world. Right. And, and so when he said this to me, I'm like, well, no, you can look at, you know, look at the racing, motorcycle racing. The thing is, a lot of times, yes, these billionaires can come in and get their son in or whomever, but they're actually saving some teams that may not have the money to compete with the big guys. Yeah. So, you know, there's like this part where you're like, well, they'll probably never get up to Mercedes level, but they're saving a team from going to the wayside. And <laughs> by the wayside, I, I, I just, that one made me laugh. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, same thing happens with motor, uh, with motor, with motorcycle, the motor GP. I mean, there's, um, there's two examples I want to mention here. One is the fact that there is literally an amateur class in Le Mans type racing, endurance racing, mm-hmm. literally just for rich people that want to drive, right? Yeah. Like, if it, it's not just Formula One. Um, and the other thing is, um, you know, there are teams like ha- or not Haas, Williams. We're getting cash yeah. injections that could genuinely help them down the line. Like, you know, Martin yeah, like Nicholas Latifi, although he may not be the best driver of all time, he's a pretty solid driver to be able to get to, into Formula 2 and get second place in that very competitive championship. That being said, okay. he's in a good Formula 2 car. But nonetheless, that money could help Williams reach podiums in the future. Like, that's going to yeah. help them. So I get, you know, I get why, but I just to say that, F1 just, I was really hurt by that comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just really hurt me there. I'm like, no, these are true drivers here. Yeah. This is what they raced for their whole lives. So. Now, I would love to talk about the 2022 regulations because, um, you know, this year was supposed to be the year where we're going to get the all new cars, um, a completely different mm-hmm. pecking order and completely different, um, you know, uh, racing. And, now that's been delayed a year, but the racing this year felt pretty good. I mean, barring Grand Prix, there were some really solid overtakes. I mean, do we even need to be worried about racing this year in general? I mean, obviously there will be tracks uh, like Jeddah, like Abu Dhabi, who will yeah. be very hard to overtake on. But I think yeah. so far it looks all right. Yeah, I, I think everything. I think it looks all right now. Um... I don't know, we're still early, so let's see what happens as we continue on. Yeah, I mean, the entire thing about people saying, oh, this racing is bad now, it's a really funny thing, because 
this there was the same thing in like 2006 2007 then F1 spent millions of dollars to design new regulations for 2010. They created the fastest cars of all time. Uh, but then the fans said they didn't like them. They didn't wait like the way they looked. Uh, so they changed it that in 2017. Uh, and then the racing got a little bit worse. And then the fans said, oh, we don't like the racing. <laughs> so now <laughs> they're trying to design cars that look good, but also don't create too much dirty air. <laughs> I mean, it's an impossible challenge. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, um, yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, if you're doing racing cars, that is like if you're doing street cars, there's like the Rymac and all those cars. Yeah. And speaking of street cars, Rashab, uh, we were talking about this over the weekend. Uh, to be, I don't know if you know this, but Porsche, their Taycan was very expensive. Very expensive starting price over a hundred thousand dollars. Very expensive, but they've now come out with a more cost-effective version of it, which was originally going to be China only, but now uh, it has been made worldwide because there's been so much interest in the car that it would be foolish of them not to sell it across the world. So now there is a rear-wheel drive Taycan, slightly slower, but hmm. starting at seventy thousand dollars. Well, yes, I will be buying one that, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. There's also an e-tron, the new e-tron. The Audi e-tron, yeah. I mean... That one's quite expensive, but... It is. Yeah. I mean, there were people that I I was talking to, uh, and, you know, they were saying, oh, going to get an electric car soon. They were Audi owners. Uh, And they said, you know, the e-tron is a very nice-looking car. On the other hand, it is so much more expensive than the normal Audi uh, crossover. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think that's going to be a problem for anybody until, you know, the electric technology, technology becomes cheaper. Yeah. 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 I mean, the electric technology is definitely quite expensive currently. And I mean, there's not many companies that have done it very well. Like, I mean, if you look at the Fiat 500E, it may work for short distance traveling. But you're not going to be driving long distances in that car. Yeah, no. You're not driving, you know, um, Seattle. Let's just think of a, a thing it couldn't do. It couldn't do Seattle to California. Well, I mean, it that's is. obvious. Not even a Tesla can do that. That's a good point. All right. Um, can't even do Seattle to Portland. Really? That's quite a range constraint. It's like 83 miles. I mean, really? It can't? Yeah, the range is 83 miles. Of the Tesla? No, the Tesla's 250. Oh, okay. Tesla can, can't get to California, but they can get to Oregon. All right, that, that's Florida. better. Yeah, all right. Um, other road cars that we're excited for? Uh, Tamika, Rashad? Um, I, I mean, it's not very new. Okay. But the Roma, the Roma's quite nice. Yeah, I mean, I was skeptical when it yes, me too. came out it was because, ugly too. yes, and also the fact that it was going to be a competition for a sector that only Ferrari was in, so they would be competing with their sel- themselves. They were making two cars, two development programs. It seemed like such a waste of money. I mean, it, I still can't see how it's going to make any money, but on the other hand, it's a very nice looking car, nonetheless. Yeah, it's really grown on me. And also, another car that's grown on me is the SF90. Yes, I feel like it looks a little bit better than it did originally. 
Yeah, I love the pure black one. Um, which just completely black? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I saw a specification of it with uh, red normal colors and the sort of like a silver, because it has this sort of weird lip on it, right? That has uh, a different, another color, not a body color of the car. So I feel like the silver and red one was all right. Although I think the wheels should be, um, you know, not silver because I don't think it looks as good with those wheels. Mm-hmm. All right. The one, the one part that looks really weird is the back. The back is kind of just like not really thought through. It just looks like someone sliced it. I mean, it's... Ferrari is making a lot of cars right now that look like the 458. And the 458 came out in, like, 2010, 2011. So, I think they just need to, you know, like, start, like, building not 458 cars. You know? I'm saying 458. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. There's not much I can say about it other than it is a little bit ugly. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the one thing is the taillights aren't very similar to the 488s. It's more similar to the F8s. Yeah, but the F8 is also the new 488, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it is. is, I mean, it's cheaper, I think, which is a big thing. I don't think the performance is as good. It looks better and it's cheaper. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Rashab, I've just gotten the text from Tamika saying she's about to leave. Uh, I'd like to say thank you very much to Tamika. Hope you enjoyed your first Technically F1 podcast and let there be many more with you on it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, cool. Um, anyways, shall we get back to what were we saying? Uh, what was it? S, um, not 488. Um, it was a 488. Um, 488? F8. That was the one. Yes. I think that, you know, it, it is a lot of very similar cars. And I, it is has the engine of the Pista, right? The F8 Tributo. And yet I feel like the 488 GTB came out just yesterday. Why are they making another one? I mean, I know it's a popular car market. I'm saying this obviously with air quotes. But, you know, it, it feels to me that they're making, they're oversaturating the market for Ferraris. I mean, obviously, I know there's never going to be too many Ferraris because everybody wants one. But I think there is a point where it becomes oversaturated. I mean, not F1 fans anymore. No, that's true. They've completely given up hope on the, <laughs> the F1 side of things. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, have you seen the, um, oh, what was the other side? I think it was... Have you seen the concepts of the, sort of these like off-roading Jeep Gladiators? It's a gladiator bit of a random turn, but you know. Yeah, it is quite a random turn. No, no, I, I was looking at these on my news feed a couple days ago because I'm for some reason I have SEMA on my news. Uh, the the Why? Vegas, just you know, there's some cool cars at SEMA, you know, but um. I was surprised. I feel like there's going to be some excellent overlanding builds of that. I mean, it's not a super interesting car power-wise, but it, what was it? Like, Stradman, who was putting, like, a thousand-horsepower engine in his. Yeah, isn't it, like, the elephant or something? Yeah, he is putting the elephant in it, which is, what, a thousand-horsepower? 
know. Something insane, but uh, I bet you the engine weighs like 3 million pounds. Have you seen the new Ferrari to the SUV? Oh, the Puro signage. Yes, sure, we'll go with that. Puro signage. actually pronounced, though? Uh, Puro signage. Uh, In Italian, this means pure signage. Actually? No, no, I've made this up. Um, But I've... Oh, it's worse. It's worse than what it was in 2019. I picked up a uh, Top Gear magazine uh, off the newsstand when I was in the UK in 2019, but it had a concept art of the Puro signage on it. Now, it looks horrific. I mean, it has all these angular bits on it. Why? Originally, then, it had seven chins, but I prefer seven chins to this angular bit. This makes me angry. This makes me very angry. I wonder if they're going to make a coupe SUV. Oh, and he's already driving at the Nürburgring, so it's already, um, it's already finalized then. Hmm. Oh, no, excuse me, I've been pronouncing it wrong. Puro Sangi. Puro Sangi, that's it. What does that mean hmm. in Italian? Hey Siri, what does Puro Sangi mean in Italian? Oh, Jesus. No, I can't say that on the podcast. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I'm making this up. Well, Siri has just Google translated me something. Uh, I can't say that. Wow, that was completely left field. Holy, all right. Um, um yes, that's interesting. Yeah, we can't say that. No, we definitely can't say that. <laughs> Look it up yourself. Um, anyways, wait a minute. Are we getting the same results? I don't know. What do your results entail? Um, I think. It entails the breeding of a horse. Yes, yeah, similar. Mine is somewhat similar. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I yeah, can't. No, not. absolutely not. Um, Ferrari viewers or not viewers, listeners, can listen, you pick up yourself. Ferrari, I mean, we probably could say that. Ferrari, you've done a mad one. I can't. That, that's unbelievable. Um. Okay. Uh, in that case, shall we move on and talk about? Our topic that we talk about all the time, it is planes, um, you know, shall we? Yes, I just love the Seneca 3. Yes. You know, I have learned how to cop- carpet bomb in um, X-Plane 10. Mm-hmm. I am now a weapon. No, seriously, seriously. Right? I was yourself. No, no, I was in, right, the B-52, which is one of the biggest bombers in the game. Loaded that thing with a, like, a stupid amount of bombs. I think like 150 press the drop all button i decimated the land around me that is very satisfying to watch mm. i don't get it why don't more people just buy private planes like the cheaper ones you can buy a private plane for like 50k yeah yeah especially considering th- you had said that um uh what was it Gulfstream was close to going out of business uh, i close mean to. not yet i mean it, they're laying off a ton of people currently no, what I was thinking though is if they're doing that, then maybe you could get one of their planes for cheap. That I mean, could be a good move. Sell it for more. No, they but if they're the trying, they need the money. But maybe they'd be willing to sell one for a slightly smaller profit margin to at least sell a plane. Mm, yeah, and clearly they're not making a huge profit. 
Because the, G- the G700 was such a hyped-up private jet, and then COVID happened. But, you know, I was genuinely excited for it. I was, I'm was i excited about the 650, I think. Yeah, I think the 650's cool. I mean, isn't that supposed to be pretty long-range? Yeah, supposedly all their new jets have, like, a very long-range focus. But in the end... You know, uh, king of like that sort of size a range of private jets is going to be this Dassault Falcon for me. That plane is just amazing. I just like Embraer's. Oh, really? They're the Brazilian one, right? Embraer, I'm not sure. They're, I, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, because I mean, they make every kind of jet, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're making a competition for the 737, I think. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, they are. They're in Sao Paulo. Oh, amazing. Oh, did you hear about the massive order for 737s today? Who's ordering them? All right, so get ready for this. You know, Boeing was a bit in the red. They weren't doing too well this year. But now they have a order for 100 737 maxes. That is just tons of money because the profit margins on those smaller planes are big at times. Smaller planes? Southwest, right, has ordered 100 737 maxes. Oh, Boeing is minting money now. Like, they are in the clear. They've got nothing to worry about. There's literally nothing you could worry about. Expenses. Expenses, yes, but the point is you can manufacture max uh, max airplanes for quite... And it's not very expensive, and you want to know the reason behind it. What? It's like a 737NG, but it's... You know, similar prices, but on the other hand, it has all this new technology, which is more expensive. It's more of an upsell, but on the other hand, with this new technology, I said this with air quotes, you know, larger profit margins, larger plane, larger fuel tank. It, it's just, it, it's big money for Boeing, so that's very good. And although the um, the 777X is a bit delayed, the 737 is doing very well, so no complaints there. Well, the profit margins only is like a couple million dollars. Yeah, but multiply that by a hundred, Rashad. That's a ton of profit. That's about seven hundred million dollars or something. I, I would say it's probably about three to five billion of profit each plane. That could be a ton. It's about five to seven, I think. Five to seven. Okay, so that that's like seven hundred million in profits from that's one. Bad. No, but that's one order. They still have tons of other orders. They have over. A thousand outstanding, uh, and for those who are wondering what that means, that means not that orders are good, it means that the, um, the orders aren't done yet. Uh, one thousand outstanding orders, I mean, that's billions. So, I, mean, I can't imagine that they're always going to be building new planes. Well, they have to be, because, you know, there's so many orders for the max, like, it's, it's just minting money, isn't it? I mean... I, there's currently a lot of orders, but in a couple years it's gonna die down, and then no one's gonna want a new plane because no one wants, no one buying an industrial sized plane. No, but the thing is, right? Even if they're not buying it from Boeing, they won't be buying it from Airbus. So even if Boeing struggles in a couple years' time, Airbus will be too. So that's the okay, point. What is your problem with Airbus? I hate the whale. I hate it so much. And for the, those that don't know, the whale is the A three eighty. Okay, but to be fair, um. Boeing is kind of a whale, too. Well, uh, no, no. The 747 is amazing. The one that you built is like a whale. No, that took... Rashad, that took two days. Yes, and then it still looks like a whale. 
it looks Urshab, like a 747, but it, it, it does real. I, I would like you to tell people what happened when we met in person. Yes, we met in person this weekend, but all COVID yes. safety protocols were used, so don't worry. Um, and I showed Rashab my, um, my 747 model I built out of Legos because I have too much time on my hands. Yes, as I keep saying. As I keep saying. And um, did it break once? Um... It broke multiple times. No, it didn't. Piss off. I pretend flew that thing around my entire house. Yes, but then before that, before we met, it did break multiple times. Didn't you say yes. your brother broke its wing or something? You're right. He did kick the wing off of it, which was very foolish of him. He has received punishment for that. <laughs> what punishment? Well, for legal reasons, I can't actually say it on the podcast. But, uh, you know, you can sort of imagine it yourself. Well, because, you see, I actually haven't learned the bleep tool yet that I'd be able to bleep out large sections of just me talking in the podcast. When I figure that out, I will be able to say whatever I want. I mean, I could say outrageous things, and you can too, Rashab, and I'll be able to just bleep it out when editing the podcast. I don't think that's something you want to say on the podcast. Until we learn that, though, I can't say, you know, whatever. Um, Anyways... Moving on. Um, any planes? Oh, yes. Oh, glorious. Um, very sadly, the ships have actually been moved out of there, which is a shame. But we just missed it last week when we were doing our podcast, so let's just talk about it. The memes have been incredible. I mean, you idiot, you've driven sideways into the Suez Canal. <laughs> Haven't you, idiot, you've crashed my Lambo Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson has literally been <laughs> he had another spurt of drunk tweets or it wasn't tweets, it was posts and he ended up saying <laughs> and completely blaming Hammond for the um, the Suez Canal crisis Isn't that blocking like some 10% of the economy or something? <laughs> Over the entire course of what's happened guess how much revenue has been lost? A multi-million dollar amount Three hundred million dollars. Yes, that guy's probably gonna be needing a job. He's been fired before he even like got stuck there. The second he drove into the Suez Canal, they're like, "Nah, no, 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 this guy's fired. Get him out of here." Maybe it was because, well, I mean, maybe he turned the boat thing because he was he got fired. (laughs) He just got stuck there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it just end global trade. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, you're probably, I mean, you're probably going to be fined or something for that, but... Well, I I assume these guys must have been heavily fined for this, because, I mean, you can't just end global trade through the Suez Canal, essentially ending all trade to Europe for seven days and not get punished. Yes, especially... After how much money it costs? Yeah, I mean they've gotta they've gotta say put the foot down here. It's it's not it's not good. They gotta put that company down. Well, Evergreen Shipping. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean I've seen their boats in um in Seattle. It's they seem all right, you know. It's just a mistake, really. But on the other hand, with such an expensive mistake, you know, somebody needs to tell them that that's not it. I mean, to be fair, they, I mean, how much does a shipping ship cost? It's not like almost a billion dollars. 
Oh no, I think some of them are a billion dollars. Some yeah, of these new huge ones are I like one point two billion dollars, I think. I mean, there have been some properly expensive ships recently. Uh let's do some research. Yes. I believe the biggest one in the world is made by Maersk, but I don't know what it's called. Okay, cargo ship price. Um Okay, so what's just come up for me is this is called the Maersk Triple E. That's supposedly the biggest. Let's see the cost. What is a TE? Oh really? That's incredibly cheap. It's what only a 190 TE? million. Oh my god. This is 190 million a piece for the Triple E, which is the biggest in the world. I'm really surprised by that. I think they've done a very good job with that. I see. Wait a minute. That's actually not bad. You can get a 500 TEU shipping container ship um, for 10 million. Oh, really? That's good. Oh, in March 2010. Oh, this is a glorious model of the Triple E. I shall buy it right now. Aren't we all broke after the plane? The plane was a very important investment. Uh, We'll film our next podcast on the plane if we get 10 listens on this podcast, which we will easily surpass because we got 15 of the last one. If we get 10 million listens on our next podcast, we will film it on the plane. We will buy a plane. No, we already have the plane. You mean you want another plane? You want another plane. We already have well, a plane. Yes, obviously. We need multiple planes. Multiple planes. That's going to be the thing. Our empire needs to grow. Yes. All right. Um, let's see. But the weird thing about the cost of one of these ships is a plane costs considerably more. Like, I mean, it I, on a plane. No, I heard the cost for a private A380 is over a billion dollars. That's because it's an A380. No, 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 but plane in the world. No, 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 but keep in mind the U.S. has now paid five billion dollars for three 747-8 private jets, and supposedly six billion was spent by the Qatari royal family for two 747-8s. I mean, the fact that they're spending three billion apiece on those—I mean, that is insanity. What were us on those planes? Probably solid gold stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I tried to research because, you know, when we were looking into buying planes, I was um checking around to see what sort of planes were on the market. Obviously, I was drawn to the big ones at the 747. Yeah. Nobody was se- nobody was selling a an A380, so that was lucky. But um why is that lucky? Well, because that I don't like the A380. Like them. No, no, no. They're good. No, no, the point of well, no, no, they're actually getting sent to the scrapyard. I wasn't able to, you know, like, put my foot in the door and grab one. Air France has sent 10 A380 jets that are less than 20 years old to the scrapyard. Then why don't we just go on those? Because it's in pieces, Rashad. We can't rebuild it, I don't think. Actually, that's a really good idea. That'd be the greatest Lego set ever. We just need big cranes for it. Yes, quite very big. Cranes. Very big cranes. But it's the biggest plane in the world, or something like that. It's, it's no, like no, 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 no. Or something. No, the biggest plane in the world is made by the Russians, but we can't buy it because there's only one in the world. Oh yeah, isn't that a cargo plane or something? Yeah, it's this massive cargo plane that we can't buy because they've only decided to make one, and they won't sell it to Americans, which pisses me off. Why not? I mean, why not even Gene Haas? 
I know, I know, with especially with his rushing connections now, you know, you would expect them to sell to him. The Antonov AN-225. That thing is just massive. Ed is such a weapon. I mean, imagine if that thing was filled with nukes. You could just end the world. Yes. That's a nice thought. Um, I don't understand. Why do you need such a big plane? Like, it doesn't make sense. Just go in a small private jet. No, no, no. You wouldn't actually sit on a... It's not a private jet. The reason you would use a plane like that is um, to fly like a subway, an entire subway in a plane. Why? Well, because you can. I mean, if I had to move a subway, I'd put it in a plane. Why, though? Why would you move it? Why not just put it on the subway track things? Well, because it might not be fast enough. Why, though? Well, I don't want my subway getting punted by a high-speed train, especially if it's in Europe. You know, the bullet trains and the like will absolutely pulverize my poor little subway train. I would like it to be flown. Why would you have a poor little subway train if there's bullet trains available? Fine. All right, maybe I will put my subway train on the bullet train tracks, but I will... I not if I were to, was to purchase it. Actually, technically, if one, that's going to be the next thing we're doing. We buy a train. I mean, is that like an investment thing where we like have people like paying like three bucks or something to get a ticket? No, 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 no. Let's see here. Japanese private train. Why would you have a private train though? Here it is. Why? The private train from Japan. I will own one of these someday. Why, though? Because uh, I watched an episode of James May, Our Man in Japan, and I saw one of these things. I <laughs> must own one. <laughs> As you can see, I'm very cultured. If I'm watching James May, you know I'm cultured. Or you're... You have too much time. No, no, no. That is an excellent show. Um, You know, anybody who has some extra time, watch James May, Man in Japan... He's going to create another season, James May, man, in um, somewhere else. You know, that would be exciting. Man in, man in Birmingham, England. <laughs> man in Leicestershire. <laughs> James May, our man in London. <laughs> to be fair, there's a lot of options there. Exactly, yeah. Leicestershire, Gloucestershire. Wales. Wales, Ireland, Scotland. America. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I bet they don't want to come here, but... No, they won't. Yeah. It's quite sad living in America, in America at this point. Yeah, have you heard that Biden has officially said, uh, given the world the big no, and is not going to let us reopen again? He wants us to just go back to at home again. Yes, why won't people just stay at home for two weeks? It's really not that hard. I know. Big man Boris just put on the lockdown again in England. And, um, you know, everything seems all right there. I mean, other than the fact that they have their own strain of coronavirus named after them. The fact is, we have more of the London uh, type of coronavirus than they do. Isn't that in, like, New York or something? Yeah, it's been so focused in, like, the U.S. now, it... it you know, it is it now be called the New York Strand. Exactly, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Um. 
any other news that we should go over, or will that be the end of this week's Technical F1 podcast? I mean, there's one more thing. Oh, yes, go ahead. It's not really part of the podcast, but uh, what is school tomorrow? All right, all right. Uh, we'll say it on the podcast no matter what. Tomorrow, right, we go in at 11. Uh, one hour, we sit through advisory. The next hour, you and I and John have a chat in the middle of Doll Field. Okay, well, I'm just going to be there. You got to be there for it. I'm an online student at this point. You what now? I'm an online student. I thought you were in person last week. No. You taking the piss, really? Yeah, no, I'm online at this point. Oh, that's going to ruin my day. <laughs> it'll be you and John. Uh, all right, that'll be interesting. That'll be ruining John's day. Really? I mean, uh, no, that's exciting. All right. It, it, it just is time to end the podcast. Thank you for listening to this Technically F1 podcast with the guest. Um, upvote if Tamika should come back on. I mean, obviously, she will be, but you know, yeah, uh, this really is our. Think. This is our way of pretending that we listen to you. Yeah, and you guys don't even, like, you guys don't reply to us. I know, which is really nice. That's how we know we're loved. sake studio recording production copyright i'm not quite sure the day thank you for listening goodbye